Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates and I am your host. I'm joined as always by Mike Teglier and you can find us on Twitter at KyleYNFL and at Mike Teglier NFL. Tags, we doing okay, man? Oh man, it's 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 a crazy morning, really. I mean, all this stuff going on around the world right now, and it's it's almost surreal. But uh, you and I were talking before the show, and that we want to kind of help everybody give uh, give everybody like an outlet. You know, hopefully we could take your mind away from that for you know forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, I did want to bring that up and just mention it here, guys. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about coronavirus or what's going on. You have plenty of other uh, input <laughs> coming into your minds here, so. Feel free for the next 45 minutes to an hour, however long this podcast is, put your phone away, put away social media. Hey, we're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some fantasy football and just get our minds off of what's going on here and hopefully be a distraction for you. So uh, we've got a dynasty startup draft here going on today. Tags and I are going to run through this. Uh, it's just Tags and I today, so no guests. So you guys get us two for, uh, for a little bit here. Tags, what do we got here with the settings for this dynasty startup? Yeah, so we're going to try and make it a little bit deeper than the typical drafts that we do, like the mock drafts. Uh, we're going to do one quarterback, two running back, three wide receivers, one tight end, two flex spots. Uh, it's not super flex. We're going to do two flex spots. And then we're going to do eight bench. I did not put any kickers in here. I didn't put any defenses in here. We just want to make it all about the players. It's a 12-team league, uh, and this is done on our multi-user draft function, guys. We wanted to make sure we told you about it because it's, it's a function of the draft simulator that we do, and it allows you to perform quick mock drafts just like our draft simulator. The only difference is that you can practice it against other human beings, <laughs> just like you would in a normal mock draft. It's it's an easy-to-use interface. The multi-user drafts won't be available until later in the off-season, but it's never too early to get you some practice drafts in. So go and check out our draft simulator at fantasypros.com forward slash simulator. Again, that's fantasypros.com forward slash simulator. And I can, I can click start if you're ready for this, Yates. Oh, let's do this, man. All right, so Bobby always complains about where he's landed. This is totally randomized, and you guys can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see the draft, the layout, and how everything works. Um, I'm going to hit start draft now, and we're, it's totally randomized. I have no idea where I'm picking, so this is where Bobby would complain. I've gotten the 1-4 pick. You got the 1-7 pick. 1-7, okay. All righty. How do you feel about it? I'm actually good with that. I, I think I miss out on some of the like the top main players there, but uh, I'm fine with that. At least I'm not on the turn. I hate being on the turn. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you on that one. I, I like being at the turn. I know that some people are like, oh, you always want to be at the top of the draft. But there's a long wait. If you pick at number one or number two, uh, you have a long wait till it comes back to you. And the, the elite of the elite will be off the board. So mm -hmm. this is really tough for me at 1-4, though. I mean, I have Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins extremely close uh, in my rankings. Hopkins, they're the same age right now. ECR is telling me that Hopkins is the pick according to the experts and it's really tough i mean i i, I might want to go hopkins here obviously we've seen aaron Rodgers trend down in a little a little bit over, over the last couple of years and uh to know that deandre hopkins is tied to deshaun watson for quite a while i think i actually might lean hopkins here so i'm going to take hopkins at 104 and uh i hope a decent running back falls to me in the second round because i'm going to pass on zeke yeah for sure hopkins is a good pick there so just to bring everyone up to speed i'm now on the clock at the one seven christian mccaffrey went 101 saquon barkley right after michael thomas tags took deandre hopkins tyreek hill Devonte adams and now i'm up here at the one seven now i do have zeke on the board i do have alvin kamara dalvin cook there's some really good players still here on the board, and I do have a little bit of a gap before my next one is up, so I got to kind of just take a look at the board here. 
this was my guy going into last season and I'm going to I'm going to lean in here even though there's some uncertainty with Jameis Winston not being back in Tampa Bay next year. Chris Godwin here at the 17 makes a ton of sense. He's only 24 years old still. So for me Chris Godwin at 17 in the dynasty startup, I really like him uh and I'll take him here and hope that another, like you said, hope another running back falls to me. Yeah, I can't really fault you on the Godwin pick because like if you look at, so what I've done is I I went back and I looked at the routes that he has Chris Godwin running and it's just uh, Bruce Arians essentially has him running the same exact routes that he uses Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona and we all know Fitzgerald had like a resurgence in his career once Arians took over as the offensive coordinator and that was later in his career. Chris Godwin's only going to get better, you know, uh, so I actually like that pick quite a bit. I don't know if I'd take him over maybe some of those running backs because you just don't know what you're going to get when it comes back. But looking at the board now, again, (laughs) a lot of those running backs came off after you took uh, Chris Godwin there, didn't they? Yep, they did. And the the guy that I wanted to fall to me didn't. He was really close. Joe Mixon went at the 2-4. In between, we saw guys like Nick Chubb off the board. Again, you can follow along with this on YouTube. So for me here uh, in a dynasty startup, I want to walk away primarily with running backs in the first few rounds, at least have a few of them be my my main picks because running back dries up really quickly in a dynasty startup. So for me, I'm going to go here with Josh Jacobs, 22 years old. We saw him get a ton of work in Oakland, now Las Vegas. So I'll take Josh Jacobs here and, uh, and pair him with Chris Godwin. That's probably where I would have leaned with that pick as well. You you have a guy that obviously last year he popped up on the scene. He wasn't used too much in the passing game, but Mike Mayock has already talked about the fact that they need to use him more. That was like one of his best traits coming out of college is that he was a three down back and you could utilize him in the passing game. So it was a little disappointing to see Jalen Richard uh, resign there. I didn't really understand that one. I think they could have gotten it back, you know, in the sixth round of this draft that could have kind of filled that role. But it is what it is. I'm on the board and I'm a little upset because I was really hoping and to get Odell Beckham would have been fantastic here. I know that I already have Hopkins. I know I don't have a running back, but Beckham comes off the board at 208. Is he being undervalued right now, Yates? Yeah, I think so. Just with the offense there in Cleveland last year, we didn't we didn't see what we thought. But OBJ is still a phenomenal talent. Baker should take another step forward. I really like OBJ. Yep, same here. I am going to, uh, I reached with my pick here. I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. Aaron Jones was on the board. Miles Sanders was on the board, but I, I, I'm not with everybody else. I think that Miles Sanders is going to be involved in the timeshare while he's with Doug Peterson. Not to say that he can't be a, a low-end RB1. He can, uh, as we saw, but injuries kind of led to that. Boston Scott kind of propped up last year. They're going to use him a little bit. They're probably going to bring in another running back. So I'm a little worried about him. And then Aaron Jones, Matt LaFleur's comments basically say, we're going to try and keep Aaron Jones fresh all year long. And then we're going to and then we kind of unleash him in the playoffs. If they're going to do that year in, year out, it's going to be a little bit unpredictable and he's not going to score as many touchdowns as he did this year. Seriously, 16 touchdowns on the ground last year. He's not doing that again. So I took Leonard Fournette and Miles Sanders is still on the board here at 304. I think I pulled the trigger here as my RB2. I feel like I'd have one of the best RB2s in fantasy and the hopes that they don't use Boston Scott as much as I, I, I think they might, because I mean, We did see Sanders heavily involved in the passing game as the year went on, but I think there were so many factors that went into that. He was on the field a whole lot more. He was playing over 50 snaps. They didn't have the receivers. Like every single receiver they had was hurt. They were playing guys legitimately that were on the team for like a week. So I I do worry about his totals coming down, but as an RB2, I'm not mad about it. 
No, no, I like that spot there. Again, I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with him as my RB one in a dynasty, but to have him as an RB two and to rotate in and plus matchups, it's a great, it's a great pick there. Um, for me, I'm up here at the three seven. We saw Keenan Allen and Lamar Jackson go off the board in between tags and my picks. So for me here, there's a player that. I think I'm getting an insane value on just because his ADP hasn't had a chance to rise since he was essentially declared the like running back moving forward in Los Angeles. Austin Eckler finished as the RB5 in half point scoring formats last year. For me, Austin Eckler here at the 3-7 to pair with Josh Jacobs and Chris Godwin. Yeah, I'll take that. I can't fault you for that pick at all. The question that I have though, did the contract that he received from the Chargers, it does not scream that he's the only running back there. That is correct. Do you think they're going to add someone like of significance? I mean, obviously he can produce in the fashion they want him to. Uh, do we worry about this offense taking a step back without Phillip Rivers? And what type of running back do you think they're going to bring in? Like if, if there was a name out there in free agency, who do you think would be uh, whose style would best fit alongside Austin Eckler? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I think I don't I don't expect them to bring in anyone top tier in the free agency and I, I, we ran through those free agency predictions in last episode there really wasn't many guys there that I felt like were those top tier guys so for me I don't really expect them to bring any in anyone of significance so for me Austin Eckler will probably get paired with a rotational back but he's going to be the main guy and again we saw him get targeted an insane amount last year it's just a it's a perfect fit for me I'm back here on the clock my time's running out I'm going to draft Calvin Ridley here at the four six to get him as my uh, wide receiver too I feel like that's insane value I'm I'm really let down because I was really I was he was one of those names I was watching it was like Beckham and then it was Ridley I didn't think Ridley would fall that far so it was kind of like okay if Yates doesn't take him someone else is going to take him before me that's that's a phenomenal pick and I, I think we could see a situation where I don't want to say it's going to be to the extent of Godwin, Mike Evans, but we could see Calvin Ridley kind of become the 1A, 1B scenario with Julio Jones. With with Julio turning 31 years old, uh, Ridley obviously in the prime of his career. Yeah, there's a lot of things to like about him. Some people actually think that they're going to bring in another wide receiver. Do you think that there's anybody out there that the Falcons should consider? Uh, do you think they're going to draft a wide receiver maybe to, to fill that Muhammad Sanu role that they lost last year? Well, Russell Gage actually played really well last year. And so I actually think that in that slot role so for me i think that if they do go with anyone it's just going to be russell gage again next year all right i'm going to take the upside pick here uh i don't like it i really don't and if i could go back this is one of those things where we're doing these mock drafts and this this is one of the reasons you want to do mock drafts is because you're going to make some picks that you're you're like uh, i'm going to go back and maybe regret that one i didn't like taking dj chark at the end of the fourth round i didn't like it at all am i crazy to not like that pick very much I mean, we saw great chemistry with Gardner Minshew last year, and I'm expecting Gardner Minshew to be the starter next year. So, I mean, it's a possibility that he he hits again. But for me, last year, DJ Chark was a huge sell in Dynasty leagues, and I got you know a great return on value in a couple leagues that I did sell him. Now, I again, I expect the Jaguars to be adding someone in my latest mock draft that came out on Fantasy Pros. I gave them Jalen Rager in the second round. I actually think that could happen, where now you have a starting trio of DJ Chark, DD Westbrook, and Jalen Rager, it's just going to limit his upside. So I, but again, he's a very talented wide receiver. So I get it here. This is the pick that I actually, I, I may have made this pick. Honestly, if I had taken the next pick on the board, this is my five, four pick. I may, I, I was debating clicking on him over DJ Chark and I went with Tyler Boyd and before you worry about AJ Green coming back, I, I want you to remind, I want to remind everyone that back in 2018, 
Tyler Boyd actually produced better with A.J. Green on the field. And now having A.J. Green a year removed from this injury, he's another year older, his career might be on the decline. You also have uh, John Ross as a field stretcher out there with Joe Burrow at quarterback. There's going to be more production to be had in this offense. And Tyler Boyd has proven over the last few years he's about as consistent as they come. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be a league winner or he's going to finish as a top five wide receiver. But I do believe as my wide receiver three, I'm sitting in pretty good shape with him. Yeah, Tyler Boyd makes a ton of sense, and I was really upset that you grabbed him. For me, again, like I mentioned earlier, I want to load up on running backs because, again, the depth dries up really quickly. So for me, I'm going to take David Montgomery here. And for me, David Montgomery at the 5'7 is a crazy value. I am still a believer in David Montgomery and what he can do on the field. We saw him get an insane amount of work last year for a rookie. I think that's only going to continue this season. And I expect the Bears to shore up that offensive line, which was a huge issue for him and we saw him start to perform really well towards the end of the season last year and that offense should only rebound and give him more scoring opportunities so for me you're kind of banking on the the upside there with david montgomery here at the five seven but if everything hits i got a really good player if it doesn't i still have a really good player with you know a lot of work as my rb3 i like david montgomery i that's he's he's one that i feel like I'm working on an article right now that it's going to be an article that highlights players that can replicate their 2019 production. And I, I think David Montgomery is one of those guys where it's like, okay, he wasn't a league winner. We know that he didn't take over. He didn't have the starting job right away, but he finishes the RB 25. If he's, he, he would be like that low end RB two, high end RB three. And again, there's only room for improvement. And he did that on an offense that like they had a lot of trouble moving the ball last year. Let's be honest about it. That offensive line is going to get better as you mentioned. So there's a lot of reasons that I do like that pick. And I feel like he's going a little bit undervalued where it's like, Someone like Miles Sanders, I do feel like is a bit overvalued. Uh, not to say that they're right in the same conversation, but somewhat close. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, we saw a lot of names go off the board. And again, make sure that you're following this along on YouTube. You'll be able to see the board as because we're not going to have time to talk through every pick. So uh, Terry McLaurin went at 6'3", which I think is a really, really good value. Jarvis Landry, again, at 6'2", that's really good value there too. So for me, again, I'm going to kind of continue the the trend here. There are, I honestly expected him to be off the board at this point. I'm projecting Kenyon Drake to land back in Arizona. Again, this don't you dare take Kenyon Drake, dude. I am taking Kenyon Drake here at the 6'6 <laughs> to be my RB4. You're the worst. Yes, please. Oh, I'm 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 not happy about that one. I, I mean, I let you have the Calvin Ridley one because I didn't expect it, but I saw Drake there and I'm like, all right, he went David Montgomery. He's not going to take another running back and you did. Now I'm upset. Now I'm at a point where there's no running backs here that I feel like extremely confident about on the board. So... Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to go over and I'm going to skip over what the consensus is telling me because the consensus right now is telling me that Hunter Henry's still on the board, that he should be the pick at tight end. I happen to think that Darren Waller is the better pick. He's done it with Derek Carr. He's going to be in that offense for a long time. I don't really care who the quarterback is. We know how that offense works with Greg Olson and, uh, and Gruden. So I'm going to take Darren Waller here and get my tight end out of the way. Yeah, it's a good call. How do you feel about Waller? Like, how are you going to rank him in 2020? Like, are you going to, I, I happen to think that he's a top five tight end and he could potentially move into the top three because he didn't have very much touchdown luck last year. No, he didn't. The issue was that he saw a spike in his production when Hunter Renfro was out of the lineup. When, as soon as Hunter Renfro came back into the lineup, and that's the slot receiver, which they kind of the tight end and the slot receiver kind of occupy that same area of targets. 
we saw his production take a little bit of a dip. Now he's still a great value in like PPR leagues or half PPR leagues, but for me that hurts his upside because Renfro played really, really well last year. And so, and he's a player that I liked coming out. So I think it limits his upside, but yet again, in this tight end landscape, yeah, give me Darren Waller, who I know is going to receive what six to seven targets per game and has touchdown upside. You know, yeah, I like that. I really don't like where I'm at in this draft. I'm going to take T.Y. Hilton here. I hate it. I, I really don't like the pick. Uh, I mean, he's in his last year of his contract with the Colts. I don't anticipate him getting a very big contract because he's someone who's, uh, I want to say Hilton. What is he, 30? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's towards the end and as a littler guy, he may last a little bit longer, but I'm not a big fan of that pick. I'm going to be honest about it. Um, this is one of those things, again, in the mock where you kind of, because I was looking at the running back position and because Yates kind of screwed me over, Ha-ha. I was looking at guys like Darius Geis, who is never a lock to start. They, they re-signed Adrian Peterson. They have Bryce Love, who they drafted in the fourth round last year. People forget about Bryce Love. Bryce Love was a guy that was a consensus like he was going to be a first round pick if he didn't go back to his senior year at Stanford but he did and you know bad things happened but still the kid is is uber talented and I don't think I don't think that Washington is convinced that Darius Geis is ever going to stay healthy yeah so for me here at the 7-7 I got to make my pick I'm going with Mark Ingram and again I'm just going to keep reiterating this and we'll see the different approaches here and how this plays out. I'm going to load up on I'm going to load up and load up and load up on running backs. And even if I kind of come out weak on the wide receiver end, I now have trade chips. I have things I have players that I can use as leverage to be able to to send as soon as they hit, you know, a big game, which we know that Mark Ingram can do. He's 30. But for me here at the 7-7, Mark Ingram's a great pick. Uh, Tags, how do you feel about Mark Ingram here at that spot? I debated him. He was in that cluster of running backs that I thought about, but I didn't want to go with him because, again, he's another guy that I think he's going to be 30, 31 years old this year. They drafted Justice Hill. Uh, Gus Edwards is going to – he's a free agent now, so they may bring in someone else. Uh, He obviously suffered an injury towards the end of last year. I think you might get one more year out of him. So I usually look at that. I'm not, I don't want to go past like a two, three year window, but I, him, it's like that, that verge of like, okay, it's like, it's like a win right now pick. Yeah. All right. So I'm back on the clock here at the eight, six, and I'm going to take an upside pick here. I'm going to go Mikkel Hardman here at the eight, six. We've seen the, uh, the playmaking ability that he brings to the table. And I think that for him, he was raw coming out of Georgia. We have to remember that like he was not a super established wide receiver. He now has a whole off season and he's paired with Patrick Mahomes. We don't know what Sammy Watkins is doing is he going to retire like he said or is he going to be a cap casualty we just don't know that at this point and so for me to take an upside pick here with Miko Hardman and again we the Chiefs don't have a ton of draft picks where they can allocate that to another wide receiver they have to fix up their their defense so I don't see them taking a wide receiver pick high here so it's a it's an upside pick but again at the eight six yeah give me Miko Hardman yeah especially yeah if Watkins goes and that there's rumors about all that we haven't seen anything come of it but there's rumors that Watkins may not be in the team which could open up a lot of opportunity for Hardman I have to take a running back at some point so I'm gonna go Sony Michelle I mean, getting Sony Michelle at the end of the eighth round is not the worst case scenario. Is my second flex. So if he starts, if he pans out like the player that we'd hoped he'd he'd been, and I think it was, I want to say, I think it was Graham Barfield who pointed out Michelle really hasn't been the same running back that we saw at Georgia. And I don't know if it was the multiple knee things that he's gone through in his career. I don't know, but he hasn't looked like the same running back. But the Patriots, they seem to still believe in him. So getting him at the end of the eighth is not the worst thing. And uh, 
I'm going to back that up with taking another running back that he's all, he's 27 limited miles on his frame. If Kansas city does not draft a running back, Damian Williams is, is probably going to be fine. So I'm going to take Damian Williams. Cause again, I, outside of Leonard Fournette and Miles Sanders, I had nobody. So I had to kind of load up here and I took a uh, Sony Michelle and Damian Williams as my, yeah, that's a, that's a screaming value <laughs> in the ninth round. If not, if they don't bring in another running back, yeah, it's really good value. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping I, st- I started thinking about that. And I was like, what if Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I've talked about him to the Falcons. What if he goes to the, the Chiefs? Yeah, I can't see them spending a, a second round pick. So they would have to get him in the third. The guy that I want to watch for the Chiefs is Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is in that third round discussion. And I think that he could be a, a really good fit there. He kind of fits what Damian Williams already brings to the table, but with a little bit more upside. I thought Zach Moss would fit in there really well. Nine, seven here. My clock, the clock's running down here. So I'm, I don't have a quarterback and I don't have a tight end yet. I'm going to take a tight end here. I'm not super crazy about it, but I think the upside is too good to pass on. That's Noah Fant. 22 years old. We saw him make an impact for fantasy in year one. I think I'm not super crazy about having him as my tight end one, but here in a startup at in the ninth round, I, I can do a lot worse. And so I'll take Noah Fant here. And uh, and I really like that. He flashed some big playability. I mean, I, I know it wasn't a great season for him. It wasn't. Uh-huh. There was there was definitely some miscues. But uh, Denver, obviously, they invested him in him. They're going to give him as many chances as possible. He did produce a little bit more once we saw Drew Locke come into the fold. And if those two develop a relationship, they're going to grow in the NFL together. It's rare to see rookie tight ends produce. So the fact that he did a little bit, uh, I mean, we saw Hawkinson. Hawkinson was terrible, guys. Like that, he was. That's the part where I think people are like overlooking in this. Like they talk, we talk about Fant. We're like, yeah, it was an up and down season, but Hawkinson was really disappointing as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Before we move ahead, though, I need to tell you all about this awesome contest we're doing right now. Thanks to Pristine Auction, we're giving away a signed Marquise Brown Ravens helmet. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and leave a review. Then take a screenshot of that review and email it to contest at fantasypros.com. It's that simple. For more details, head over to fantasypros.com slash contest. And again, a huge thank you to Pristine Auction for making that possible. Speaking of Pristine Auction, I want to make sure that we take a second to thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Their daily auctions have hundreds of signed memorabilia items to choose from that you are going to want to check out. I was taking a look at some recent items that went and I couldn't believe some of the prices. A Michael Gallup signed Cowboys mini helmet went for only $45. And a DJ Moore signed jersey went for only $45 as well. Pristine Auction is the place to go to get your signed, authentic memorabilia of your favorite players at unbelievably affordable prices. It's quick and free to register, so head over to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And when registering, enter in Fantasy Pros, all one word, in the registration code field to receive a $5 credit for your first order. Again, that's pristineauction.com to start building your dream man cave today. Okay, so I'm back here on the clock of the 10-6. For me, there's a player that flashed last year, missed the season because of an injury for the majority of the season. That's Preston Williams in Miami. Now, didn't test very well coming out in the combine all that yada 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 but yet he gets to the nfl and he produced in the preseason so for and and flash so for me preston williams here as my what is he my wide receiver four now yeah i like that yeah i i I had my eye on him because i had passed on wide receivers for a little bit after stacking up some running backs i'm a little bit more balanced now it's at the point now where it's like you try and find some and it's funny because sammy watkins just went off the board at (laughs) 10-8 
not knowing where he's going to be, that's I don't I don't even know how I feel about him right now in terms of where I would put him in, in dynasty. Like I, I think he's outside the top fifty wide receivers. Would you take someone like John Ross over Sammy Watkins right now? Oh man, I think I would. I mean, Sammy Watkins had one good game last year, and then what he showed up in the playoffs or it was like week seventeen or something like that where it didn't matter for fantasy. You're like, okay, thank you very much for that. And the and week one where no one started him. And then he just sucked for the rest of the year. So, yeah, I think I actually would take John Ross. This is an interesting thing. I, I brought up Ross because I'm actually going to draft him here. And I think some people might frown upon that because I do have Tyler Boyd on my roster. But Ross is now a bench wide receiver for me. And depending on how Burrow handles the situation, we don't know who his favorite's going to be. We, we know that A.J. Green is not going to be around forever. Like if, even if they franchise tag him, he may only be around for that one year. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen because it seems they can't figure out a long-term extension. So having Ross on my bench as an upside guy, I don't really mind it. And then back to me in the 11th round. All right. You sound distressed. I'm not excited about this. Hold on, let me look at the draft board because you're able to see this stuff. And I'm looking at the guys that have a quarterback. Everybody does behind me. I think Yates is the only one that doesn't have a quarterback outside of me. That sounds about right. I'm not really worried about that so much. And I'm going to be honest, I typically do not draft a backup tight end. In Dynasty, it's a little bit different. You kind of have to have one because the, all of them are going to be owned. I'm going to take one of the most undervalued players in Dynasty right now, and that's O.J. Howard. Okay. I'm three deep on my bench now, and I understand that that's not how you're supposed to draft. I get it, but I'm just trying to say that that's, that's where we're at at this point in the draft. So rather than take someone like James Washington, who came off the board afterwards, or Latavius Murray, I took a guy that could be a top five tight end if things kind of work out. And let's pretend... Pretend Philip Rivers or Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. OJ Howard is going to look like a stud, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's so confusing because you're trying to figure out, is it Jameis Winston or is it Bruce Arians that just prevented OJ Howard from returning value for fantasy football last year? We just don't, I don't know. And so there there are a lot of question marks, which I think drops him down the board here. But again, he's an upside play where if he hits, now you've got two solid tight ends so i get it all right i'm at the 11 7 i've got two guys that i'm eyeing i'm trying to figure out which one i'm gonna go with i'm gonna do it i'm gonna draft jordan howard here now jordan howard i think lands in a good spot in free agency this year if he lands in tennessee if he lands in houston uh, if he lands in Buffalo, those are three spots that I think those teams are going to be looking to not necessarily spend big on the running back position in free agency, but could look to bring in Jordan Howard on a one year, you know, $6 million deal, let him reset his market, his value, and then let him go in free agency again next year. I think he could be some a good pick here. And again, he's my RB5. And so if he if he ends up in a rotational role again, I'm not, you know, I'm not hurting because of it. So, um, but it, again, it's an upside play where I can, it could hit pretty big. Yeah, for sure. And I know you're excited about Jordan Howard and where he winds up. I am. Uh, we've seen him handle a uh, heavy workload previously and and we know that he can produce. So yeah, I'm I'm liking him. Okay, so uh I still need a quarterback. I'm in the 12th round and I don't have a quarterback, but yet only 10 quarterbacks have gone off the board looking at the draft board. So I'm going to wait because I there are still some guys that I can get later. Uh just kind of playing the draft board there. So as I'm looking at it, I might pull I might pull a tags here. Oh, never mind. Nope, nope, nope. Not going to pull a tags. I'm going to do <laughs> a Hunter Renfro here in the 12th round. I was talking about him earlier. I think he's a great value here uh, as that slot receiver for Derek Carr. Can I be cool? Can we find out what pulling a tags means? Pulling a tags means taking a second tight end. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on a second. Can we admit that in Dynasty, it's a little bit different? Uh, it is completely. Because you can't stream tight ends in Dynasty. Well, hey, pulling a tags does not 
carry a negative connotation with it always <laughs> tags okay <laughs> well i appreciate that you know what there's gonna be a player i'm gonna take with my next pick and i know he'll be there because no one's gonna draft him here but i know yates is too smart that i'm not gonna pass on him the next time because i have two picks before yates picks again now i'm gonna ask you a question if you're in a position well tony pollard just went so i don't really have to contemplate it but let's pretend that i was debating between tony pollard and damian harris with this pick they're both backup running backs and in, in higher powered offenses Tony Pollard is not somebody I don't have Zeke on my roster. It's not I don't necessarily aim for handcuffs, but if you have the opportunity, like I have Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, one of those guys is gonna be the starting running back for the Patriots. If they give up on Michelle, they have to go to Damian Harris, who they drafted in the third round. Would you have taken Damian Harris? Like Pollard came off the board and I was debating him, but would you take someone who would you choose in that situation, Pollard or Damian Harris? Yeah, I would take Tony Pollard in that situation if they were both on the board. We saw I try to personally avoid New England Patriot backfields to begin with like i they're just so unpredictable in dynasty i format my rosters with depth and then from there i'm rotating in based on matchups and so for me with damian harris he was drafted in the third round by the patriots last year and only saw four total carries all season like that that's insane and you ha still have james white there you have sony michelle i i just don't see it however with tony pollard we did see some standalone value, but yet if Zeke goes down, you now have an insane trade asset where you can hold that right over the Zeke owner's head and just be like, yo, give me a second round pick, you know, and from there you're leveraging. And so for me, Tony Pollard would make sense. But again, he was off the board, so I get it. So the pick I just made, it was a 13-4. And again, I did not want to risk the fact that Yates, like know who you're drafting with, know who's in the know. And Yates probably knows who Jalen Hurd is more than the casual drafter. And uh, Jalen Hurd is a guy that I liked a lot last year uh, coming out of the draft. And then when the 49ers drafted him as early as they did, I was like, oh, wow, he's going to get opportunity. And unfortunately, he dealt with some injuries. But this kid, I mean, went from playing running back to playing wide receiver. He's 6'4". He's 230 pounds. Like, he's massive. And he's, he's, he's usable all over the field. And I think people have kind of forgotten about him. They're letting, they're going to let Emmanuel Sanders go. They obviously don't love Dante Pettis uh, and they need someone outside of Debo Samuel to catch some passes uh, at wide receiver. Anyway, what do you think about Jalen Hurd? My initial reaction when seeing it was that I didn't like it. However, the more that you talked about it, I was like, okay, that actually makes a ton of sense because again, we're seeing Emmanuel Sanders go. Uh, Dante Pettis is nothing. The 49ers don't have cap space. Like they just legitimately don't. And they, they still have to try to find a way to re-sign uh, Eric Armstead and they only have a first round pick because they don't have a second third or fourth round pick so they're not going to be able to reload at wide receiver so Jalen Hurd has to come in and step up and so for me for uh, to, to see him there at that spot yeah it's great value I like him there it wouldn't have been someone that I, looking down the draft board that it would have been like oh I need to grab Jalen Hurd here but uh, I think it's a smart move by you. Okay so I was up at the 13-7 I drafted my second tight end I pulled the tags he pulled the tags I pulled the tags. I drafted Jonu Smith. So now I have Noah Fant and Jonu Smith. We've, I think we've finally seen the end of Delaney Walker in Tennessee and Jonu Smith flashed in some insane ways last season. So for me to have him here as my tight end too, I think it's an upside play, but yet also brings a safe floor because we're going to see him be the starting tight end there in Tennessee. So now I'm back on the clock here at the 14-6. I need to take a quarterback. I, I need to get my quarterback situation. Well, two a few more went off the board. I mean, did you see Matt Ryan and Jared Goff went? Yeah, so I'm going to go here with Jameis Winston. And I really don't feel great about that, but <laughs> time was running out. <laughs> so for me, Jameis Winston, we know the upside that he brings. 
I think he's going to get one more shot there in Tampa Bay. Well, I was talking about this on our recent episode, the free agency predictions with Jason Moore. I was talking about it saying that Jameis Winston was the reason that Bruce Arians took that job. So I don't see them pivoting right away away from Jameis Winston. And so I think they're going to give him another year to figure it out. If that is the case, we saw over 5,000 yards thrown, 30 touchdowns. Yes, the interceptions are terrible, but yet I do think that he brings some, you know, uh, he brings upside. He brings a great uh, option there to the quarterback position. You have to deal with the interceptions, though. Man, I'm torn with this one. I, I know that I need to go quarterback, too, because now that teams are starting to take multiple quarterbacks, I don't want to wait anymore. Stop playing with us. We know you're drafting Trubisky here. I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. Wow. I'm going to explain this one. Not to say I love Daniel Jones, but here's a fun fact for you from my 175 Interesting Facts article. Daniel Jones had two of the top 10 single game performances by a quarterback in 2019. The only other quarterbacks who can say that, Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he did bring some upside there, but it's kind of the same thing with Jameis Winston. I think Daniel Jones, if I'm remembering off the top of my head, he finished with 18 fumbles last year. It's a lot. That's insane. So that's concerning, but uh, I think that it's a good pick there. Okay, so I'm back here at the 15-7. Dante Pettis just went off the board in front of us along with Ito Smith. So that's going to give you a glimpse into what is going on here in this draft. Did you see who I took at 15-4? 15 you took Hakeem Butler that's a good pick tags I did that's a good pick okay I figured you'd like that one I did like that one (laughs) I need another quarterback because I don't like Jameis Winston there as my only option Matthew Stafford is on the board and I'm thinking about him but the option that I'm going to go with here I'm going to go a little bit down the draft board I'm going to grab Ryan Tannehill that's a good one I I actually thought about him yeah, I think Tannehill balances out my Winston there. <laughs> uh, Tannehill brings a little bit more stability to the quarterback position. And then uh, Jameis, of course, is that upside play. So if Jameis doesn't you know, pan out, he throws 10 interceptions in the first two games and then he gets benched. I know that I have Ryan Tannehill to pivot to. Yep. All right. So we've seen DeAndre Washington. A.J. Dillon went at the 15-9. That's interesting. LaShawn McCoy, he's a free agent this year. Who knows? The reason that I think that I just wanted to chime in, because I think that the reason that we're seeing some of those rookies go a little bit later than we expect, than you would expect is because that's why the multi-user drafts, they want to be available until like later in the offseason, uh, just because we're, we're, we're getting experts slowly compiling in the list. So therefore, they're down further. That's why I've avoided drafting rookies in this draft. Yeah, I have to um, just because, again, they're a little bit further down the board and we don't know landing spot. And I know that you're a big advocate of landing spot determines a lot of their their value. So, you know, we could be taking someone in the sixth round, a rookie, but then, you know, he turns out to be a, you know, 12th round kind of pick later on. So, all right, I'm back on the clock here at the 16-6. I have two bench spots left. So I'm probably going to be looking for some upside plays here 16-6 there's Deshaun Jackson is still on the board now he's not going to be someone that I'm like super excited to bring in but we saw his value in that that week one matchup I think he got injured in week two so he wasn't around super long but Deshaun Jackson to that offense played really well he's 33 so this could be the type of player that I draft here in my dynasty startup And then he's the type of player that I release when it comes time for next year to make room for draft picks. So Deshaun Jackson here in the 16th round. Yeah, I'll take it. I don't mind that at all. And uh, I'm happy that you passed on Matthew Stafford because I wanted to take him over Daniel Jones, but I was like, 
I know what Matthew Stafford is. I know exactly what he is. And I'm fine with that. But I was like, I'll take a little bit more upside my quarterback. And that's why I got Jones with the rushing ability. And we, we never got to see Daniel Jones actually play with everyone there. Like there was never, never all season. There was never a game where Jones was on the field with Saquon, with Sterling Shepard, with Golden Tate, and with Darius Slayton and Ingram. We, we never saw that. So that's why I think the upside is there. But I'm going to take Stafford as my number two quarterback and then I'll kind of deal because I think I'm entering my yeah it's my last pick in the 17th round here so this is purely going to be an upside pick looking at the draft board it's not a whole lot of sexiness going on I am going to snag you know I talked about him earlier in the show so why no but there's three running backs there I hate I hate Washington's backfield right now I really do but I feel like Bryce Love is being a little bit undervalued in, in the dynasty community I just don't see any wide receivers that I'm in love with that I feel like I need to have that present a whole lot of upside. Scantling, Valdez Scantling has kind of lost it in Green Bay. Mohamed Sanu is the end of his career. Deshaun Hamilton, eh. Josh Reynolds, Devin Funches. I'm not excited about these guys. So I'm going to take, give me that boring production because if Sony Michelle sucks, I might be able to use Adrian Peterson. So give me Peterson, whatever. I'm in. Yeah, your last pick, AP. It's kind of the same logic there with Deshaun Jackson too, right? It's like if he you know, retires at the end of next, well, with Adrian Peterson, he could be playing for the next four years. We just don't, he seems to do it every single year. So, uh, but yeah, you could be that type of player that you just, you know, release off your roster to make room for rookie picks. All right. So my last pick here in the 17th round of a dynasty startup, I really just kind of want to take that upside pick. Um, so there are rookies in this draft. Again, we mentioned that we really haven't been talking about or looking their way a ton, but in the 17th round, Joe Burrow is going to be the number one overall pick and he's going to go to Cincinnati. And for me, not most likely going to go to Cincinnati. And we've talked about it earlier with John Ross, Tyler Boyd, AJ Green. You have Joe Mixon there too. He's stepping into a really good situation for fantasy football. Now, for me, with Jameis Winston and Ryan Tannehill to add in someone like Joe Burrow as my QB3, I'll take that. I'll take that here in the 17th round. Yeah, I like Burrow quite a bit. And actually, in my dynasty ranking, like I said, I've been avoiding rookies in this draft, but like I would have drafted Jerry Judy as my like wide receiver two, maybe three. I could have gotten him there in this draft. But in terms of like quarterback play, I have Burrow ranked in my top 16 quarterbacks for dynasty right now. So yeah, I, I absolutely love that pick. All right, Tags. Well, that is the end of the draft. Uh, what uh, what draft grade did you get here? Uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of suits my mood. I got an 86 out of 100. I got a B, so I'm not in love with my draft at all. What did you get? I got a 77 out of 100. I got a C plus here. So but you see, I, I like your team a little bit more in terms of like when I was looking at yours now, it's a younger team. I'm not going to lie about it. Yours is a younger team. That's full with like a lot of upside plays. Let, let's run through your roster real quick. Who do you have on your team? So quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, and Joe Burrow. And then for running backs, I have Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Mark Ingram, Kenyon Drake, David Montgomery, and Jordan Howard. And then for wide receiver, I have Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, Preston Williams, uh, and then Deshaun Jackson, Mecole Hardman, and Hunter Renfro. And then for tight end, I have Noah Fant and Jonu Smith. What about you, Ted? Yeah, I like your team. I actually have no issues with it. As long as, you know, Eckler hangs on to a semi, you know, a role where he's going to get. Yeah, Eckler's the the turning point. For sure. But yeah, I, I, overall, I like your team a lot. Mine is, uh, I have Matthew Stafford and Daniel Jones as my quarterbacks, my running backs, Leonard Fournette, Miles Sanders, Sony Michelle, Damian Williams, uh, Damian Harris, and Adrian Peterson, and wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd, T.Y. Hilton. John Ross, Jalen Hurd, and Hakeem Butler. 
So I feel like there's a good mix there of guys that are veterans that that can get production now, and then as well as uh, some incoming some rookies that I have high hopes for. And then uh, my tight ends are Darren Waller and OJ Howard. So I feel like the sky is the limit with those tight ends. Where, you know, if Howard pans out, I'll end up moving him obviously to upgrade maybe my wide receiver two on my team, maybe even move Miles package Miles Sanders with OJ Howard and and, and get one of these stud running backs, uh, something like that. I feel like that can get done. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, and and your team has it does have a lot of players that it has to go right for them to hit. But if it does go right, your team would be you know number one in that league. Um, I think that they you have some great upside plays there. All right, tags. Anything else that we need to talk about before we get out of here today? I don't think so. I mean, so obviously, as of the, as of right now, when the time we're recording, you guys, if you if you haven't heard, free agency for the NFL is supposed to start on Monday. It's the well, it's the legal tampering period. It's supposed to start on Monday around noon, and then the actual free agency is going to pick up uh, like it opens on Wednesday. We don't know as of right now if the, if the NFL is going to move things back. Uh, but what I can promise you is that we're going to be here for you guys next week. We're going to be recording uh, something in. Reg- regards to free agency our, our instant reactions to those if not that we will have something else for you i promise uh so hang in there with us and uh you know spend some time with some family yeah absolutely everyone stay safe we're uh we're here to be that outlet for you guys so interact with us on twitter again you can find us at kyle y nfl and at mike taglier nfl uh, make sure that you're interacting with us guys we're here to be that uh that voice in the sports world specifically nfl and fantasy football here for you so all right that's all the time we have for today for tags I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.